Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today on the program is part two of Michael Samuel Smith's look at real forgiveness. But first, we'll wrap up our series on how to disarm the deception that is all around us. Our final conference of 2022 is less than a month away. The second annual Las Vegas Prophecy Conference, November 19th and 20th at Sunrise Bible Church. Speakers include Pastor Billy Crone, Pastor Tom Hughes, Larry Stamm, Micah Van Huss, and Pastor Greg Patton. Make plans now to join us at Sunrise Bible Church in Las Vegas, November 19th and 20th. Registration is open. Visit swrc.com and click on Events. Or you can register by calling 1-800-652-1144. And let us know you're coming to the second annual Las Vegas Prophecy Conference, November 19th and 20th. Now, let's join our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, as he continues his conversation on how you and I can be prepared to disarm deception. According to Scripture, one of the mega signs of the end times is deception. Obviously, with left-wing media, public school education that is often promoting the New World Order, and rampant wokeism, we are seeing deception like never before. Is the deception real? How can we guard against it? I hold in my hands an excellent book titled, The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies. There are two authors, Colonel David Jamona and Troy Anderson. Troy Anderson is on the phone with me. Troy, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Larry, for inviting me on the show. It's a great honor. Well, I must say I'm impressed by just looking at the evangelical leaders who have endorsed the book. Robert Jeffress, Tom Horn, Jonathan Burnus, Matt Hagee from the Cornerstone Church. It's a great book that people today really need. So what did you write about disarming deception? After our first book came out, The Military Guide to Armageddon, Battlefield Tactics to Prepare Your Life and Soul for the End Time, that one did so well the publisher asked us to do a series and so this is about early 2021, and we're thinking, well, what's the biggest thing happening in the world? I remember this Bible verse where disciples asked Jesus, what will be signs of the age mm. of your return? And the first thing he says, watch out that no one deceives you. Mm. I've been a journalist for three decades. You know, I worked at the Los Angeles Daily News and other newspapers, mainstream media for many decades. But I've never seen the level of deception, disinformation, propaganda, our society has completely changed in the last couple of years with the cancel culture, this, this woke phenomena, you know, essentially a socialist, almost communist, technocratic takeover of our country that we're watching unfold now. And the primary tactic they're using against us is deception. And that's what this book is designed to do, is help people navigate this new Orwellian world that we find ourselves in. Well, that's a good explanation of what's going on. The subtitle of the book is Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies. So... What are some of the similarities between being a soldier with a rifle or whatever and being an obedient Christian? Throughout the Bible, there's all these stories about warriors. You know, you think of King David and the, the militaries that he led and many great battles. The Bible often describes God as the Lord God of armies. You know, the Bible talks about the angelic realm organized in a military fashion, the, the angels and the powers of darkness. And so there's this great spiritual battle going on in the background. We're here on earth are sort of caught in the middle of this whole thing. And what the Bible calls us to do is to be good soldiers of Christ, you know, to put on the full armor of God, the, 
the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the Spirit, the feet shot at the gospel of peace, and all those different armaments to help us be victorious in this battle. And so this new book is designed to help people learn how to become victorious soldiers of Christ in this great battle that we're in. The Bible warns us that in the last days there will be many who are led astray by signs and lying wonders. Troy, do you believe that there are many professing Christians in churches today who are actually being led astray by signs and lying wonders? And what are they like? I mean, do we have people being led astray in many evangelical churches? There's some surveys out from the Barna Group that say that about 60% of people that go to regular churches, evangelical churches, believe a number of sort of new spirituality, new age kind of mm. beliefs. Everything from reincarnation to all paths lead to heaven to karma and all these different things. And then there's also surveys that show that only about 6 to 9% of people in America still hold a, a biblical worldview. In right. other words, they actually believe the Bible is the entire Word of God. And yet there's polls that show four to eight times as many people believe that we could be visited by ETs and aliens mm. and UFOs. Hollywood has really capitalized on this in recent decades, Star Wars and all these sci-fi movies. And so it's almost became this new kind of religion, the Force, and, right. and things like that. Now we're seeing you know, transhumanism and the push to become gods, and so there, there's all these false beliefs. And, and so the Bible was completely accurate. We, we see lying signs and wonders in the last days. Large numbers of Christians today, I think, are totally gullible. You know, they can't believe, for example, that Mr. Obama and Mr. Biden are not supportive of the United States of America, but they are not. And yet some Christians think that anyone who believes that the left is not pro-American is out of their minds. Troy, why do you think some Christians are so ready to overlook some of the un-American things that some of our government leaders say and do? And I think it's very blatant. I find it hard to believe that, <laughs> that there are professing Christians in churches who don't see what's going on even in our government. As a member of the media, you know, the media is very powerful, mm. and essentially the mainstream media is largely run just by a few global corporations, and there's a top-down command structure. And so essentially what we've learned is that the same kind of techniques that Nazi Germany and Goebbels used on the German people to deceive them in the 1930s have not only been used on the American people in the last two years, mm. but have been used exponentially on us, because now they've perfected all these tools of propaganda, scientific right. mind control, with you know, social media, all the different techniques they're using. So a recent survey I read that said that like 90% of people are highly influenced by what they hear in the media, and yet they don't really realize what's happening. Right. So President Biden came out a few months ago and said that America needs to lead the new world order. <laughs> he wrote an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal mm. a couple of decades ago called How I Learned to Love the New World Order. He's a globalist. His Build Back Better campaign is a globalist campaign, and he's completely aligned with the Great Reset Plan that Klaus Schwab at the Right. World Economic Forum is promoted, and so there's a lot of massive deception going on, and it's all designed to move us into the Antichrist system, essentially, that the Bible talks about. Most of us are familiar with the story of the uh, Trojan horse. There was an unsuccessful 10-year siege. The Greeks sailed away. They left a huge wooden horse. It looked like a trophy of war. Wow, that's wonderful. But it wasn't. What can we learn about deception from the Trojan horse? The Trojan horse is famous as a means of deception to conquer ancient city of Troy. And so that's essentially what we're seeing happening today is that the elite, the globalists, they're using all this massive deception, sort of a modern-day Trojan horse, to persuade us that we should all just, you know, fall in line, be good global citizens, go along with the cancel culture, the woke thing. If you don't go along, you're going to be hurt economically right. and in other ways. 
It's a massive deception. The devil's a master strategist, as one of my friends says. He's playing 11-dimensional chess while we're playing two-dimensional checkers. And so this book is designed to help wake people up to what's really happening, inspire people to join this great battle, and do all the things that Jesus told us to do as his return approaches. One of the things that both of you deal with is Christian integrity, walking with the Lord, and so forth. As we mature in the faith, as we're filled with the Spirit, as we yield to God, as we get into the Word of God, how can we prepare spiritually for the deception? I mean, why are spiritual disciplines like prayer, Bible study, worship, witnessing, and all of that, why is that so important as we deal with all this deception today? The Bible often encourages people to read the Word of God, to to meditate upon the Word of God, to pray, to fellowship, to worship God, all these things. These are all things designed to help us be victorious in this great spiritual battle. One of my roles is I'm executive editor of the Return International. They had the first National Day of Repentance on the National Mall here a couple years ago. And I just got word this morning that Reverend Kevin Jessup, who's the co-founder of that, he was in the eye of the hurricane Ian in Florida there in Venice. And before they left their home, they poured a a gallon of oil around it and prayed Mm. for their home. Mm. And they went to his wife's mom's home. He said last night he saw parts of buildings flying around outside. Mm. He went home this morning, and his home is perfectly fine, Mm. and yet the homes around him are in devastation. I don't know if you've seen the pictures yet, but that's just one example of God will protect us in the storm. But the secret is to learn how to walk in the supernatural power, protection, and provision of the Holy Spirit. That's the key to navigating these end times that we find ourselves in. I'm visiting with Troy Anderson. He's one of the authors of the book, The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies and Triumph in Truth. And I think what you were just talking about a moment ago is so true. Troy, we know that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but many Christians today are afraid. And I must say there are events and harbingers of events that are extremely perilous. And I'm thinking, About the Ukraine, I mean, Russia's getting a beating, and Vladimir Putin said, we're going to use nuclear weapons, this is not a bluff, so on and so forth. So what is the difference between fear, which is wrong, it doesn't come from God, and a sober assessment of the danger which leads to proper preparation, physical as well as spiritual? The Lord doesn't want us to have a spirit of fear. He wants us to have a spirit of bravery and courage, Mm. because we can rely on the Lord to protect us and help us through these perilous times. There's experts now saying that it's becoming more likely that Putin may use tactical nuclear weapons in in this war in Europe. And so we're living in unprecedented times. And so I keep on hearing faith leaders talking about the need for bravery and courage, the need to get battle ready. That's been part of our message, battle-ready ministries. We go speak at churches and conferences. But I'm hearing this kind of language. I even heard a big church the other day in Southern California give a sermon on courage. I think that's the message the Lord is sending us. We need to be brave and courageous. We need to stand up for what we believe in and join this great battle that's going on, help bring in the final harvest of souls before the Lord returns. You speak about a final harvest of souls. I think we need to be instant, in season, and out of season. And I'm in the process of writing a book against Calvinism, and I think that's growing, rapidly growing. You know, what will be will be, so what's the use? I think things like that are so dangerous. You know, we don't need to say, well, I'll just sit back. What's going to happen will happen, and uh, so on. And I think there are so many things in our world and even in churches where powerful preaching, the filling of the Holy Spirit, the gifts and things of that sort that were operative. I believe they're operative today, and I think we're going to be seeing some amazing things. And I think God's people need to say, hey, 
I'm a Christian. Jesus is Lord. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. I'm going to spit the devil in the eye. Amen. You know, several years ago, my wife suggested I start keeping a journal of things that seem miraculous in nature in our lives. It was early 2016. It's now grown to 175 pages. I think it's got 180 mm-hmm. entries, essentially miracle after miracle after miracle in our lives in the last, you know, six, seven years. And so it's just a gigantic faith builder. You pray, and then you see the Lord move, and He does. He intervenes in our lives in huge ways. So I believe the gifts are operative. You can pray to, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can pray for the different gifts, wisdom, knowledge. There's, there's all kinds of them, but, uh, speaking in tongues. These are all very powerful weapons in the spiritual battle we're in. A few years ago, Lee Strobel wrote a book, The Case for Miracles, and Lee is not a quack, and he's got some amazing things in that book. They've been documented. Doctors testify where a person was brain dead and so on and so forth. So our unbelief is so sad if we would just believe God, believe who he is, believe his word, trust in him, and take that step of faith, watch what would happen. What about discouragement? And what about the Elijah principle? I mean, Elijah had just won a great victory against the Ahab, but Elijah ran like a frightened rabbit from Queen Jezebel. I think he was depleted of energy. He knew the power of God, but it seemed like he no longer cared or even believed in it. And I think some of us have been in the battle for such a long time that we are facing an episode of Elijah-like discouragement. What would you suggest for those pastors, maybe people like me? You know, we see the news and it's so discouraging. What would you suggest to rise above that? So the way we rise above the situation that Elijah found himself in, you know, he was discouraged because, you know, Jezebel was coming to kill him and he sat down under the bush and sat down to die. And, you know, the angel of the Lord came and ministered to him and restored him to health. And so he, he went on. Think about it. God has placed us here at this very time in history. We're watching yes. all these things unfold. You know, a recent LifeWay poll said nine in ten pastors now see signs of the end times and current events. You know, Marta poll, eight in ten evangelicals see signs of the end times going on. So, you know, I interviewed Billy Graham a few years ago. He said that signs of the end of the age are converging for the first time since Jesus made those predictions. I've done hundreds of interviews of major faith leaders and secular experts, and the overwhelming consensus is pretty much everybody believes this is really happening. And so this is the most exciting time in history to be a a follower of Christ. We need to rise up, join the army of God, be brave and courageous. Discouragement and complacency is a tool of of the enemy. In in the military, they teach you if you're complacent, that's when the enemy can kill you. And so one of the strategies of deception that that the devil's using against us is try to make us discouraged, make us complacent. But we need to rise above that, see through this scheme, and become the soldiers of Christ that God calls us to be. You have a section titled Tactics, Techniques, and Procedures, and you recommend that each of us take a life inventory, as military units do, self-assessment and self-examination, assess your readiness. What does that involve as we take a life inventory? What, What should we be looking for? What should we pray for more of? And what should we pray against as we look at our lives? Each chapter ends with tactics, techniques, and procedures, so sort of action steps to help improve your walk with the Lord. And this particular one is to take an honest inventory of your life. Where are you at with your prayer life? Are you spending time in prayer with the Lord every day? That's extremely important. Are you spending time in the Bible? Are you teaching your kids the Bible? Are are you going to church? Are you fellowshipping? Are you in a small group? Are you living one way during the week and another way on Sundays? How is your spiritual walk with the Lord going? These are all very important things right. for success and victory and, the, and all the battles we're facing today. That exercise is designed to help you in that way. 
the idea of self-examination, personal devotions. I'm really strong on personal devotions. I know a lot of pastors, and I visited with a lot of pastors. Sometimes they get in their church and speak to them, and the only time they read the Bible is to prepare a sermon. Now, I know we have to, some of us, we teach on Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, so forth. We need to have some good sermons. But I am, for one, a real believer in the fact that we need to read the Bible for ourselves and see what God says to preacher so-and-so. I think all too many people, you know, we, we say, well, I'll spend some time in devotions, but it's kind of a waste of time because nobody grades me on my devotions, but God grades you. And I think we're just getting, you know, in churches, we're so professional. You know, we get a paycheck. There's really no danger. We just fit in. It's not like the New Testament. We need to get back to that and say, Lord, touch my heart. Speak to my heart. Knock me on the head if I need a wake-up call. Your comments on that. When you've been a believer for a long time, it's, it's easy to sort of fall into a rut and fall into complacency. But with everything that's happening in the world today, we don't have that luxury anymore. Right. I mean, essentially, there's very powerful forces uh, you know, what we talked about, the Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset, this is right. essentially the New World Order. They are now rolling this out worldwide. They want to create eventually a one-world government. They're preparing the world for the arrival of the Antichrist, such that they want to merge America into this new system. And we got a taste of it during this pandemic. The church shutdowns, the loss of freedoms, all these different things we saw. It's time to wake up. There's billions of souls at stake. God wants us to join this army and, and bring as many people to faith in Him as possible. So we all need to get battle ready. I agree. Well, marvelous interview. Uh, Troy, I always enjoy uh, visiting with you. I know you're a world-class journalist and reporter, but I think you see the power of God. It's there. We need to cry out to God. We need to believe God and trust Him for His promises. So, brother, I really thank you for an excellent and refreshing interview. Thank you so much, Larry. God bless you. Well, friends, we've been discussing the book, The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies and Triumph in Truth, a tremendous book. It will provide you with factual information as well as a spiritual challenge. Both days of this fascinating conversation is available on CD when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. The Military Guide to Disarming Deception is today's featured resource. Using military tactics, this U.S. Army colonel equips us as believers to be battle-ready. This training manual will teach you to be empowered to counter the darkness of approaching end-time forces. You'll learn how to resist the propaganda and deceptive ideologies infiltrating the church and society. Study the Bible more intently as real-time world events and biblical prophecies intersect. Order your copy of The Military Guide to Disarming Deception when you call 1-800-652-1144 or order online, SWRC. Friends, what does real forgiveness look like? The type of forgiveness taught in the Bible. Michael Samuel Smith is back to help us see what true forgiveness is and how you and I can practice that true biblical forgiveness. You know, friends, you can't drive down the highway today without seeing road rage or some other expression of anger. And there's so very, very little forgiveness. I think we all feel the anger, the hostility, the whole human race is frustrated. Michael Smith is back with us, and in our previous program, we were talking with him about real forgiveness, his latest video production. 
Thank you, Brother Mike, for being back on the show with us to continue discussing your video. Well, thank you for the opportunity to be back with you. Well, Brother Mike, in your DVD, Real Forgiveness, you claim many scriptures have a double reference, providing prophetic insight and details concerning the timing of prophetic events. And one example, the Apostle Peter is asking Jesus, how many times am I supposed to forgive someone? Matthew 18, 21. How do we get prophecy from that story? Well, that's a great question. We are in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 and 22. So as Peter's asking that question, how many times am I supposed to forgive someone? Seven times. But Jesus comes back in Matthew chapter 18, 22, not seven times, but 70 times seven, which, by the way, equals 490. To begin the story, we see in the book of Daniel chapter 9, Verses 24 through 27, some of the greatest revelations in the entire Bible concerning Israel's future and its relationship with the Messiah, past, present, and future. So, Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, the angel Gabriel is telling Daniel, and by the way, this is about 25 to 2600 years ago, that 490 years are assigned to Israel. Now it says 70 weeks. But it clearly represents 490 years, and most Bible scholars will tell you that. That's 70 weeks of years. A week is seven days, and you multiply 70 times 7 for a total of 490. So let me explain the timeline. For 490 years, the 490 years begins when King Cyrus will release the Jews to go back to Israel to rebuild their wall and temple. That's probably around 538 B.C. This happens in Daniel's lifetime. So 483 years goes by, and as alluded to in Daniel chapter 9, verse 26, Messiah will be cut off. Some Bible scholars believe that could be on Palm Sunday. That's fulfilled. Still some others think it could be a few days after that when Jesus was crucified on the cross. Any way you cut it, that took place during Passion Week. That completed the 483 years. As you know, 483 is seven years short of 490. In other words, it was like starting a stopwatch and it stops after 483 years. So where does the last seven years fit into this equation? Well, the stopwatch starts again when the Antichrist signs a covenant with Israel in the future and the seven-year time clock ends when Jesus returns at the second advent and the final restoration begins, the millennial kingdom. So Christ returns and brings total peace to the world in the 490th year, Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. We also are of the opinion the rapture will take place before the Antichrist receives his power from Satan to become a world leader. That could very well be the next major event. Amen. In your DVD, you claim John chapter 7 and John chapter 8 show us a prophetic picture of forgiveness toward Israel. You also said we believe we know what Jesus wrote in the sand in the story of the woman caught in the act. So it sounds like a wild ride down that road. So, Brother Mike, can you expound upon that? Well, yes, I'll be happy to. John chapter 7 is quite long. A lot is going on there. The Sanhedrin is also plotting to take Jesus out. In John chapter 7, verse 38, while Jesus is at the temple, he makes the claim, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
This is on the seventh day of the Feast of Tabernacles. It's important to note the Pharisees are not accepting Jesus. As we transition in John chapter 8, early in the morning, Jesus returns to the temple to teach. The Pharisees show up at the woman's court and throw down a woman caught in the very act. In our film, we cover all the details involved while asked if Moses' law should be invoked, implying the woman should be stoned to death. Jesus stooped down twice and wrote something in the sand. We strongly believe we know what Jesus wrote in the sand. And we believe it was Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 13. And this is what it says in the King James Bible, Jeremiah 17, 13. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth, or if you will, written in the sand, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. The Pharisees now realize the 600-year-old prayer and prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 17, 13, was just played out before their very eyes. That's why they walked away embarrassed in the order of their ages, John chapter 8, verse 9. And they now realize Jesus really was the Messiah. Amen. In your DVD, you stated this entire story of the woman caught in the act found in John chapter 8. Even though it's a literal story, you say it's a prophetic picture of Christ's return on the day of the Lord. What did you mean by that? Prophetically speaking, the woman caught in the act represents spiritual Israel, who in their ancient past played the harlot. Notice she is totally forgiven in the temple. This is the same place when Jesus returns to a future temple, all of Israel will be forgiven. It also is the 490th year in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, being fulfilled. Remember, it's 483 years to when Messiah is cut off, seven years short of 490. But once the seven-year future tribulation is complete, that is the 490th year when all of Israel is forgiven forevermore. Amen. Southwest Radio Church has offered many of your past videos over the years. Are you working on any new projects? Yes, we're actually putting together a new DVD titled God by the Numbers. For years, we believe the Holy Spirit has been communicating future prophecy through numbers in the Bible narrative. That's why Proverbs 25 and 2 tells us, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. And Revelation 1 and 6 says, We are the kings and priests. Hopefully we will have this program out to the public by the end of October. Praise God. We've been talking with Brother Michael Smith about his video production of Real Forgiveness, a very timely topic. Brother Mike, thank you so much for your work and the time that you spend right here with me. Well, praise God. Thank you for the opportunity, Dr. Spargimino. Michael Samuel Smith's DVD, Real Forgiveness, is available right now. Simply call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online, swrc.com. And don't forget to order your copy of The Military Guide to Disarming Deception. 1-800-652-1144. 
Tomorrow, we're going to Alaska with Dr. Job Martin to discover some of God's amazing animals. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.